0: This is Lisa Bonos. Welcome to Soloish, a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. Today we're going to talk about getting engaged because it's the holiday season, also known as engagement season, and whether or not you're getting close, you probably have loved ones who are making that leap. Your Instagram and Facebook feeds might be filling up with ring shots and captions. She said Yes. So today we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive into the history of engagement rings. We're gonna talk about how growing up around selling engagement rings might influence, morph your ideas about relationships. How did we get sold on the idea that you're supposed to get engaged with a diamond ring in the first place? We have a novelist who's gonna come in and tell us about that. And then to wrap it all up, I really wanted to find a couple that got engaged in a different way, without a ring, without a diamond, and they have a really great story. very little about diamonds. I don't own any, I don't have a Pinterest board full of engagement rings, and I've never been anywhere close to getting engaged. But since we're in the middle of engagement season, I wanted to talk about diamonds and how they came to represent love and commitment and specifically marriage. So to do that, I'd like to welcome Jay Courtney Sullivan onto the podcast. Hi, Courtney. Hi, uh, Courtney is the author of *The Engagements*, a novel about Frances Garrity, the woman who came up with the advertising slogan "A diamond is forever." Um, Courtney, I it feels like this slogan has been around forever. Um, but where, you know, how did how did it start?
1: It does feel like that. Um, so, Frances Garrity worked at an ad agency called NW Air in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, which at the time was sort of the premier ad agency in America. And, and this De is was 19... one of their big clients. In the 1940s? Yes. So De Beers is one of their biggest clients. They came to Air in 1938. Mm-hmm. And Frances came along uh, in the early 40s, 1943. She started working at Air as a copywriter. She was hired because they had just had a woman copywriter uh, leave. And they would always just fill the slot. If a woman left, they replaced her with another woman because mm-hmm. women were meant to only write these campaigns for women. Of course. So Frances, who was this single woman who ended up never marrying and really didn't have any interest in marrying, was mm-hmm. put on the De Beers account. And she wrote this line, A Diamond is Forever, in 1947. And as she told it, it was really late one night. She was headed to bed. She had done all this work all night. And... Then she realized she had forgotten to write this signature line that was needed for a meeting the next morning. And it wasn't a very important thing. They just needed a way to sign the ad. So Mm -hmm. she scrolled on a piece of paper, a diamond is forever. And the next morning she looked at it and she said, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, She brought it to a meeting. As she said, nobody jumped. That was how she described (laughs) it. People didn't think it was so exciting, but they went with it. And um, yes, it has been used in every De Beers ad from 1948
0: to present. Wow. Uh, were diamonds being marketed as engagement rings at that point?
1: Well, what happened was in the late 30s, when De Beers first came to air, their problem was that most women were not wearing diamond engagement rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were they wearing? not wearing diamonds, period. What were they uh, wearing uh, instead? Most women would just get like a gold band, or they might get um, a ring with a stone, but it would be a very – inexpensive uh, an stone, mm-hmm. and it was really only the elite, the very wealthy, who were wearing a diamond ring at that time. Uh, their goal was for everyone in America to wear one, and um, NW Air said, you know, okay, we're going to make this happen. So they started off by doing surveys of consumer attitudes, and they found that most women, in fact, uh, did not want one. Most of them said they'd rather have a washing machine than a diamond ring. Huh. Um, Why?
0: Because it was considered superfluous or?
1: Yeah, it was just considered, as Frances Geary herself said, she said it was considered absolutely money down the drain. Hmm. It was just not seen as something for an everyday person to have. Yeah. Um, Just more of a luxury for the ultra rich. Mm -hmm. And um, which, you know, kind of makes sense. I mean, you so often see I live in New York and you walk down the street and you see somebody wearing, like, yoga pants yeah. and this huge diamond ring. And it just doesn't <laughs> really go together. No. That's how it is. Yeah. So Ayr sets its goal. They said they're going to create a situation where almost every person pledging marriage feels compelled to acquire a diamond engagement ring. And it worked. And then by the early 50s, Ayr was reporting that, uh, as they said, jewelers now tell us a girl is not engaged unless she has a diamond engagement ring. And they also found that a lot of people would defer an engagement until the man could afford to buy a diamond ring.
0: So you know, from from that to now, the fact that you know most heterosexual couples are getting engaged with a diamond ring, did did Francis and the diamond industry in general do too good of a job selling us on
1: diamonds as necessary for marriage? I think she did her job very well. <laughs> um, it's funny because Francis really was the person in charge of this campaign. She wrote every ad for De Beers for 25 years. She wrote all of their Mm -hmm. ads. And there was another woman uh, named Dorothy Dignam, and Dorothy was the publicist on the De Beers account, and she really was the first person to have the idea of putting diamond jewelry on celebrities, putting Hmm. diamonds on Hollywood actresses when they went to the Academy Awards, for example, which we still see. To this day, every yeah. time you open Us Weekly, there'll be a page that tells you who's wearing what diamond.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that was all started by by Dorothy Dignam. Now, both of these women never married. No, oh, so and interesting. at some point, they both, as a novelist, this really spoke to me, in Dorothy's diaries and in Frances's letters, um, I came across references where they both said that at one point in their lives, they hoped to be the great American novelist. Hmm. And although they ended up in advertising, they really created an incredible fiction.
0: Now, I understand that you got engaged while you were working on the book. Is that correct? I
1: did, yes.
0: And do you have a diamond ring?
1: (laughs) Well, funny story. The day before my book was due to the publisher, it's pretty much done. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to Francis Gary's house. And I met the woman who had bought the house from her. And as I was leaving that day, you know, we had tea and it was lovely. And Mm -hmm. as I was leaving, she said, when Frances moved out, she left behind this big box of work papers. And I never threw them away. And if you want them, they're yours. So I opened the box and it's all these secret memos that I've been looking for for two years. Wow. And I was, was just thrilled and stunned. And so, of course, I put them in my car. I don't even make it to the exit. I don't go back to New York where I'm in Pennsylvania. I just go to the nearest uh, parking lot, which was a Trader Joe's, and I'm parked at night under this street lamp in the Trader Joe's parking lot, and I open up one of these big leather-bound books, which was from the Mm mid-'50s. And the first thing my eyes land on was written by Frances, and she says, you know, some of these girls now, especially the ones who have been to college, are going to think they're just too smart for a diamond ring. So for them, try to sell them a sapphire flanked with diamonds on either side. And I look down at my hand, and it's exactly what I'm wearing. And I realize I've fallen prey to the ad campaign just as much as anyone wearing a diamond. Even though
0: you were trying to escape it.
1: Exactly. It also means you're very smart. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I went to college, so it's good.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, that does make me think about how you know marriages are a lot more egalitarian now, and um, a lot of women marry men where they the woman might be making more money and why are we still expecting a man to buy her a, di- a diamond ring to get engaged? And it does, you know, seem pretty anachronistic in a lot of ways. Um, do you think if Frances were around today that she would be selling a different kind of jewel or what she would think about our obsession with diamonds?
1: You know, I don't know that she ever... Um... I don't think she, I think working in advertising as she did and being really ambitious when you're mm-hmm. selling a product, um, it has nothing to do with you. It has only to do with making someone else want the thing. Of course. It was just a few weeks before she died in 1999, um, Advertising Age named it the slogan of the century. Oh, wow. And I love that you know, she lived to, to know that that was the case.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but I think as any good advertising person, she just would have probably been very pleased to see what she created.
0: Yeah, that the line might last longer than some rings, actually.
1: Oh yeah, definitely longer than many marriages.
0: I <laughs> That's certainly true. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on today. I'm gonna have to read the book now. But... Thank you. And if uh, listeners want to hear more or reach out to you on the internet, how how can they reach you?
1: I have a website, jcourtneysullivan.com, mm-hmm. and I'm on Twitter
0: at jcourtsell. Awesome. Well, you can tweet your diamond advertising questions to Courtney. So let's bring things a little bit more to modern day. So I'd like to welcome John Mervis of Mervis Diamond Importers. Hi, John.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me here.
0: Thanks for joining us. Now, John, your family owns a jewelry empire in the Washington area, Mervis Diamond Importers. Um, how old were you when you got initiated into the family business?
2: Sure. So, you know, I started working full time, I would say, in about 2008. But, uh, you know, growing up, talking diamonds or jewelry or, you know, that's that was normal around the house. Uh, so I can say I've always sort of had a, a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was sort of just the knowledge you have, just like if your dad's a doctor, you somehow mm-hmm. sort of have an associate's degree in medicine. Yeah. Um, And so in the summers in college or in high school, if I had a few weeks off or something, mm-hmm. you would know, be brought into the store to see, like, you know, my parents didn't want me just on the streets, I guess. So, <laughs> so they brought me in. They gave me something to do, whatever it was, if it was filing or something.
0: So from high school age, maybe your teenage years where you're learning to date is yeah, what, yeah. right around the same time that you're yeah, working that's and point. selling so, diamonds? So, you know,
2: you start, you know, discovering that there's such a thing as you know girls and (laughs) and if you speak to them nicely they'll speak to you nicely and and you can go out to the movies if you're lucky so yeah at about the same time you're sort of learning that and then you know also going into the store and and seeing happy couples coming in looking at rings um Mm -hmm. everyone's just blissful and life is perfect and so yeah we were talking a little bit before the mics were on but that that does you know must influence your your thinking a little bit
0: yeah so tell me i mean you're single now right Mm -hmm. um so having – in your in your early 30s? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like half a lifetime, all of your kind of like dating experience has been with this backdrop of mm-hmm. um, engagements and jewelry and like how has that influenced your view of relationships?
2: Sure. So, you know, we see couples at the end of mm-hmm. their courtship, right? We don't see couples that had one bad date and never talked again. We don't see couples – I hope that, not. <laughs> that, right. That, that dated for four years and yeah. then it fell apart, you know. So we see only the happy situations. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that affected me? I, I think it's important to realize that there's the behind the scenes. Just like any family, not even talking about romantic relationship, right? Yeah. You see a family out at a dinner party and everyone's nice to each other, but yeah. they go home, they might bicker, right? Yeah. So you know, I think realistically, you have to realize that there's another side to it. But uh, yeah, certainly, I mean, uh, you know, when I consider relationships or you know my own life, mm-hmm. you. you, you Initially, at least, you think, "Oh, everything's got to be perfect all the time," right? Yeah, um,
0: because that's because that's the moment that you get to see right. when you're meeting all these couples. Right.
2: I mean, they say in parenting you're modeling behavior, so mm-hmm. to some degree, if all of these happy couples are modeling what happy relationships are, then you think, "Oh, well," and there should be no fighting. And well, but I mean, it's not realistic. Yeah. Surely, I mean, it yeah. just by its very nature, this is the one singular point that the guy's going to drop, or you know we deal with uh, same-sex relationships as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, one person's going to put a ton of money into something as a gift to the other. Yeah. Um and it's a ton of money, but it's supposed to be symbolic that mm-hmm. you know this is it's a little bit of skin, you know, in the game so to speak.
0: So, I mean, based on what you see when you're in the office, sure. th- do you think about the couples that you see when you're out like yeah. in your own dating life?
2: I'm sorry. Do I think about the?
0: Do you, like yeah, whatever you learn actually, from. Actually, when I'm on dates, I'm thinking about. <laughs> I um, hope you're thinking about the person you're with.
2: I'm thinking about that other couple and how happy they were. <laughs> no, so so you hear good ideas. I mean, I think you, you hear romantic ideas of a guy that surprised her in X Y Z way. Not even about the ring, but just mm-hmm. you know, couples love to talk about how they met their journey, not yeah. Yeah, how they met, um, and then the one the time they went away to Paris or the time that he surprised her at the airport with you know X Y Z. So. Um, you know, I've picked up, I think, um, tidbits on what's made people happy. Oh, you know, what has made like, people happy? You know, it's the little things. It's a thought. It's a gesture that, you know, he didn't, she didn't know that he even knew that that day was special. Right. And then he came out of nowhere with flowers or something mm-hmm. like that. And so it's the little things and not necessarily expensive and not yeah. diamonds and not, you know, gold and platinum. Um, but to some degree, that has, uh, you know, given me some examples or or little lessons that I can take with me in my life.
0: Let's talk about proposals. That's what the rest of us who don't work in the jewelry sure. business that might be kind of what we see and consume about uh-huh. engagements. Those of us who aren't engaged or sure. married, um, whereas you see that kind of that kind of display every day in just right. working with these couples. Yeah, um, yeah so. I think
2: engagements are interesting. Um, you know, it's the one thing. I mean, in my Facebook feed, it's yeah. probably the item that gets just the most by far you know love Uh shares likes and all that Uh stuff because it's just an overjoy and sort of blissfulness really of your friends saying wow like so happy for you i I remember back in the day in college we'd have those crazy nights like i can't believe you you got here and you know um i think the classic story that i hear all the time now and maybe it's our sort of overprivileged post materialist world is that everyone's going on these surprise trips across the world Mm -hmm. so like told her to Like
0: the trips are are surprises, well, not just it's, the proposal. Well, on it's the trip?
2: a trip that surprise we landed yeah. and uh, uh, or at some point early in the trip if there's a proposal.
0: What kind of tone does that set for a life together though? The like the, the surprise. Like I could see it being good and exciting. Uh-huh. Um if you're the one being surprised, I could also see it feeling not so collaborative. Um, and a little one-sided. Um, okay.
2: Well, I mean, I think the proposal as just the definition of it, it's yeah. party A, proposing yeah. a question of party B. I think of anything... It's funny because I talked to Ronnie, who's my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy on the radio that some of the listeners may know. So, um, I do he, know. He talks about price. how the industry has changed yeah. and how back in the day, which wasn't that long ago, 10, 15 years ago, it was almost exclusively men coming in our store, coming to buy a secret purchase for mm-hmm. a woman that they love. Um, so... That removes same-sex couples, but um, the bulk of what it removes is these collaborative choices where it's a guy and a girl coming in together to figure out, well, what do you like? What styles do you like? What metals? You know, what what size do you think looks good on your finger? Mm -hmm. Which is such a loaded question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And how often are couples coming in together? So now that's the norm.
2: Now that's... Yeah, it's the norm. it's, it's, It's more unusual if a guy's coming in by himself, to do the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So in the spectrum of, you know, entire collaboration to entire sort of clandestine shopping, yeah. I think that the true average, or true, like, what's the word? Uh, most people will include the recipient in some early shopping, in some early looking around to get a sense of preference. And mm-hmm. then later on, maybe the buyer will do it on, a, on his or her own.
0: So spending all this time around diamonds and engagement mm-hmm. rings, how um, is how is that... Influence the way you think about your own relationships mm-hmm. when you're going out to meet a girl for a first or second date. Are you sorry when you're going out to meet a woman for right, a first right. or second date? Um, do you have this image of all these other couples that you've talked to and what qualities she might or might not possess, or like how? Just it's so interesting to me that that um, experience that you've had, like okay, how so it might.
2: One is I think you 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 hit on a really good point that mm-hmm. I t- I think I was totally unaware of. When you were
0: getting into it.
2: When I was younger in my dating life. Yeah. um, But certainly, uh, I think my roommates commented sort of that, like, I would come back from a date um, and, you know, say, well, everything – well, not everything. She's great in terms of, like, she's funny. She's Mm -hmm. good-looking. And I'd name a few positive attributes and then be like, oh, but – and then there was a list of buts. And then there was, like, you know – but this, and I don't like that, and I don't and like this. And her
0: fingers were so big they wouldn't fit any of the rings in our store. That's
2: right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so this seemed to be a pattern that I think I did was unaware. So people commented, like, good friends of mine would be like, John, what are you doing? Why are you hmm. harping on the negatives here? Yeah. You just listed that she's funny, like, you guys get along great, and she's got a decent job, and she's sane, and she's got a good family, and she lives near you. Like, what else do you want? Yeah. And now you're telling me that, like, you don't like her – You know the shirt she was wearing that day. So, I mean, to give you a sort of extreme example. So, I was unaware maybe the connection between my working world, Mm -hmm. you know, and then my dating world, where I think coming from the the professional life where everything is perfect and people talk to each other like, "Oh my God, you're the one person on the planet who has everything I could ever want." You sort of come to believe the myth, if if I'm going to use that word, even though that's loaded too, that. There is that one person out there that has every single one of the million attributes you're going to list on a piece of paper, because
0: um, they've spent a lot of time figuring that out. Whether that 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 the, these two people are those that great match for themselves, but you're just meeting them for the first time and you're seeing
2: the, that These people think, are, per- are perfect, right? Yeah. And, and exactly, when someone comes to buy a ring, they're not telling me about everyone else they ever met.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the dates
2: that didn't work out. Yeah. So, but I think as I've sort of matured, so I'm now 32 years old, and mm-hmm. so I think I've sort of come to, not to terms, but come to a more mature approach mm-hmm. where everyone has, you know, positive attributes and maybe not even negative, but some things that maybe just at first glance, you don't, you wouldn't love. Right? Yeah. And I think realistically the couples that are happy about each other and are happy in life, it's about what you focus on. Yeah. And it's about the the lens in which you look at someone or something and the attitude that you have about making that work.
0: All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And yeah, thanks for us having today. me. This is my first
2: podcast um, you know, in studio. Like, well, thing so
0: you did a good job thanks um you can find mervis diamonds on the internet we are on the
2: interweb um we have three stores where we're uh in dc proper k and 17 about two blocks from here uh, we have one in rockville maryland one in tyson's corner and of course our website is mervisdiamond.com and if you have any questions about how um i viewed dating and how i can help you <laughs> in your dating life you will be the first person to ever email me about this but I would be happy to answer them. So my email is jmervis at mervisdiamond.com. Send me why he doesn't call you back, and I will tell you the answer.
0: Oh, thank you, John. All right, so not everybody has grown up in the diamond business or selling diamonds day in and day out. I learned of a couple recently who got engaged not with a ring, diamond or otherwise, but with a dog tag, um, and I wanted to hear more about that, so I brought them on. Uh, This is Sam Enriquez. Hi. And his partner, Ryan McLendon. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Um, So can... can you tell me a little bit about the two of you and uh, how you guys got engaged, how the proposal went?
4: Well, sure. Um, this is Ryan. So I had decided to, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. It's just like we've been together since Labor Day of last year. Was it Labor Day or Memorial Day? I can never remember which It was one. Labor Day. September. Labor Day. What's
3: September 1st?
4: Labor Day? Uh, Labor Day. Yeah, Labor 204-
0: Day. Of 2014?
4: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, it's just sort of, it became very evident that, you know, just sort of we just like, it just sort of fell into place and it's just like, ah, oh, I'm going to marry this kid, Lord. <laughs> and so I thought about it. And so we talked about it for a while. I mean, this, nothing was a surprise. We talked about it like pretty extensively and it's just like, oh, you know, so what do you think? And I mean, like, what if we got married? What if we did this? And he made sure that he's the one that needs to
3: propose because I wanted to propose to, but he was like, no, I'm the one proposing. Aww.
4: Yeah, I got really bossy about it. And just because I had the. Right. Because. I don't know, I just had this, like, because I had a plan, and, like, you know, I have, like, <laughs> I get really attached to my ideas, and I uh, just sort of have this, like, whole thing, because we, around, um, before we had even started talking about getting married, we had, I, I go to Burning Man every so often, and I go with a group mm-hmm. of friends, and it's always really cool, and we were all going, and since Sam and I had been together about six months at that point... And it's just like, do you want to go to Burning Man? It'll be fun. And we'll go to Burning Man. And so that right then and there, it was just sort of like, I'm going to do this at Burning Man. That's what's going to happen. Mm. And because that was like, you know, I I just sort of got the idea in my head and I.
0: And it'd be like fun and crazy and memorable. Right. It'd be fun and
4: crazy and memorable. And we'd have a story and like all this stuff. And so that was around the time it's just like, no, it's my, uh, I'm going to propose. You have nothing to do with this. Um, and so I got, like, a little militant about it, and not, like, <laughs> nasty, but, you know. Yeah. And so, so I let him. So he let me. He was, he was nice about it. And so I just started, like, thinking about, like, the ways that I would do it, and started thinking about, like, what the week looks like at Burning Man, like, what, like, kind of, like, events happen, and, like, at the end of the week, um, well, because, you know, it's not a misnomer, the man is a giant wooden, like like humanoid structure that's like in the middle of the desert that just mm-hmm. gets set on fire at the end of the week and everyone dance around mm-hmm. it and it gets really, you know, pagan and primal and interesting. And so I figured like, you know, why not like in like why not get engaged in front of this huge bonfire. So I planned like <laughs> 6 months to do this thing wow. and, you know, and so I just decided that this was going to be a really cool idea and I had this whole mm-hmm. thing mapped out in my head and it didn't <sighs> um I kind of screwed it up. I kind of I kind of messed the whole thing up. Not in a in a terrible way, but Sam can tell you better. But I mean, so I had this plan to do like all of this like, you know, the the night of the burn. I was going to go and we were going to have all our friends there and like I wasn't going to tell anybody until it actually happened and I didn't have a wedding ring because I I don't know, it's just like I'm not a big ring person I don't really care for Mm -hmm. him that much and it's just like and also I wanted to like you know like gay marriage it's just like I don't didn't really feel the need to be like everybody else or like you know sort of do traditional like not not that you know straight marriage is bad or anything or anything like that it's not like I was being you know it wasn't I was rebelling anything I just don't like rings and so I just didn't want to do one so I had a friend um, make these dog tags that Mm -hmm. said on one side, like, I love you, weirdo, and on the other because I call him a weirdo because he's weird and he's cute and we (laughs) like him. All this
3: time, you were like, I have an amazing plan. I'm I'm (laughs) the one proposing to you because I have an amazing plan and you're going to cry and blah, 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 blah. And he proposed in the kitchen of our camp of all places in Burning Man while I was making hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was going to say, we published something on Soloish recently um the blog that i run at the post where it was it was like a it was a satire of all these over the top proposals where the single woman was like ah you know proposal fantasies are so boring let me jazz them up a bit and like instead mm-hmm. of paris how about mars and like um what was it, it captured that sense of um, people going all out, but also going all out in the same predictable ways? Yeah. And so, what I think is interesting about the two of you is that you're in a place that's that's different from everyday, but you are still you were doing something that was kind of ordinary.
4: Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. the whole experience is pretty extraordinary. It's just it like was. it's the. It, I mean, it's kind of like being on Mars when you get there. It's it's That's not true. even the, it's not even the same planet. It's just like everybody is just like it, it's 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 difficult to describe, but it's kind of adult fantasy camp. Everyone's mm-hmm. just like dressed like they like dress like giant monster clowns and doing whatever yeah. they want. People are riding around naked. People are like up all hours of the night, people are going crazy, there's always a dance party, there's always, like, a drum circle, I mean, like, it's nuts, I mean, it's just, like, it's a lot of fun. So it's not an ordinary place to have it done, and frankly, I'm bad at plans, and so this was just something that I thought I was gonna actually do right, and then I don't know what it was, maybe I just got cold feet about plans, maybe I just thought I'd screw it up, or maybe I just, I, I think what it was is that I wanted to be engaged to him, like, right then, like, yeah. r- right now, it's just, like, I, yeah. I, I want to be fiancés now. Like, that's what I want to do. It's just, yeah. like, I love you. Let's do this. Like, I mean, I know I had a whole lot of, like, this whole, like, grand idea, but what, what's a better idea is that let's be fiancés now instead of yeah. waiting.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's the important piece, right? <laughs> yeah,
4: I have a waiting problem. I don't yeah. I don't like to do that.
0: <laughs> um, and so can you tell me a little bit about... Um, the dog tag. Like, neither of you are veterans, correct?
4: No, this
3: not at all. No, or not. Oh, it's just... Uh, it's not, like, the usual dog tags. It's a bit, it's a bit smaller. It's like
4: a jewelry mm-hmm. dog tag. Yeah, and
3: then it's like... It's, like, handmade, like, when they... Like, when you have a letter and then you hammer it to the dog mm-hmm. tag. Yeah. It's, it's very, mm-hmm. like... It's, it's
4: sort of engraved, but it's engraved with, like, a hammer and, like, uh, just lettering. Mm-hmm. A friend of... Mm-hmm. A roommate that I had a while back, her sister made it. She's a jewelry designer in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I just... I don't know what it was. Like, I just, like, called her out of the blue and just, like, right, got a hold of her on Facebook and just, like, hey, like, how much, like, would you do this and could you get it to me, I don't know, right now? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it was, like, mm-hmm. one of those... Because you like... don't
0: like to wait, as we've established.
4: Well, I mean, but also <laughs> I didn't want it sent to the house. I had it sent to the place oh, where true. we were going in, Palm Springs.
3: I, di- I don't have any, like, set, like, proposal that I want to happen for me, but I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be, like, different, like, nothing, like... Like I wanted him to think of something that no one has thought of before. Yeah. Well, I think he succeeded. He proposed yeah, in the kitchen no. while I was making hot dogs. I mean, yeah,
4: I, I think you got what you wanted.
3: Uh, <laughs> but I wanted Sam. to be more emotional because I love to cry. Yeah.
4: I like to cry. Aww. We cry. I when, like my feelings. Man, I, I you do like your feelings, and that's fine.
0: Sam, when when Ryan said so so forcefully that he wanted to be the one to propose you were like that was how did you feel about that
4: i was like all
3: right sure whatever and just make sure it's good <laughs> like, like sure you propose to me cuz just make cuz if if i was proposing i'm sure i would have thought of something better well now since that were... i'm asking for a ring maybe you could do a proposal part 2 is that cuz because be the annoying. necklace i don't get to wear it as often cuz i like wearing Aww. other
4: necklaces i mean i understand why you want the ring now i get it like why that's, Oh, because it's just like, I mean, the necklace is a necklace and he doesn't like, it doesn't go with everything. I mean, it's come on, we got to coordinate and like,
3: (laughs) the ring is easier to
4: like wear out. And then the ring is sort of easy to like, I mean, like
3: to show off to like the other day we went to his uh, company's Christmas party and like five of those girls just got engaged and everyone's like, Mm -hmm. look, I just got engaged.
4: And I'm just like, look,
3: me too, but I don't have a ring.
4: Right. Yeah, but I think I mean you just wanna that... like feel included, right, with that and just sort of because it, it means it's, it's 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 something that people understand. Like Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, okay. I
3: mean if I could wear the necklace all the time but it doesn't go with all my outfits. It
4: does. That's really important. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> um Yeah,
0: I mean that's interesting. At first I, I would have thought that maybe you wanted to do something different so that you mm. like stood out and d- don't appear like every well, other Well I couple I did and
4: just Well, I mean it's just like also sometimes it's just like I think couples probably do this. Sometimes I um accidentally assign my feelings about stuff to him and so like mm-hmm. I'm not a big ring person. I'm not a big jewelry mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of assumed that you know, me being funky and weird about like getting a getting a necklace or something a little bit different because I had because I talked to a friend at work about like because they had just gotten married or not or gotten engaged recently and they didn't do rings either. They got engraved bracelets, which I thought was oh, pretty cute. Yeah. And so it's just like oh, that sounds interesting. And so I thought about like like bracelets just didn't seem whatever. I didn't want to do a ring and just like the the dog tag thing just seemed kind of like. I, I hadn't seen it. I just kind of liked the idea of it, and yeah. I guess I just assumed that if I didn't like rings, he wouldn't either. And then yeah. he wanted a ring later, so yeah. not yeah. quite exactly true.
0: Um, once you guys are married, do you think you'll both be wearing rings, or will Sam have a ring and Ryan have a dog tag?
3: I think we'll both have rings, and we want to have like a different wedding too. Well, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're planning it right now. We're still talking about. Oh yeah,
0: that. are you getting married to Burning Man?
3: No. 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 We plan, to get too, married too dusty. A, we plan to get married on a beach, but I don't want like traditional weddings and yeah, all that. We, we've, still My... got,
4: we've still got to talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've, still,
4: well, we've still got to get that in order.
0: <laughs> well, good luck with the wedding planning. Thank you. Thanks for chatting with me today.
4: No problem. Thank you very much.
0: So if you have an interesting proposal story that you think solo-ish readers would want to know about, tweet it at me. I'm at Lisa Bonos on Twitter, where you can find more solo- solo-ish content on WashingtonPost.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us on iTunes. It will help other people find and become solo-ish fans.